The following is a message from the pulpit of Parkside Baptist Church in Mesquite, Texas, led by Pastor Mike Wells. Is taking place here. Jesus is preaching in Capernaum. You'll see that Mark chapter two and verse one. It's noised about that Jesus is there. He is preaching, and so automatically, boy, people are drawn. They're just coming in by the droves to hear preacher uh, preach the man of God, the, the the Lord Jesus Christ, the very Son of God. He's preaching the Word of God. All the room fills up. It's overflowing. People are standing at the door. They can't get in. And so uh, these four men have a burden for a friend. Uh, The burden that they have for the friend is that he might be made well. And so they put him on a gurney, if you will. They put him on a pallet. They put him on a bed. They bring him to the house. They get to the house door. Can't get in. They try to windows can't get in. It is just so jam-packed. They cannot get in whatsoever. Then they had a remarkable idea. Let's do this. Let's climb up, if you will, on top of the house. And let's make a way to be able to let him down uh, between the rafters so that he can now appear before Christ. So this is the story. Uh, Mark chapter 2 and verse 3. The Bible says, And they come unto him, bringing one sick of the palsy, which is born of four. There's his four friends. The Bible says, And when they could not come nigh unto him for the press, they uncovered the roof where he was. And when they had broken it up, they let down the bed wherein the sick of the palsy lay. The Bible says in verse 5, here's Jesus' response. The Bible says, And Jesus saw their faith, And he said unto the sick of the palsy, Son, thy sins be forgiven thee. Now, if you'll look in Mark chapter 2, it doesn't stop there. But in Mark chapter 2 and verse 5, you see that now he is let down. As he's let down, Jesus does give him that attention. But it doesn't stop there with him just receiving that attention. Look at verse, uh, if you will please, in verse 6, where the Bible says, and when certain of the scribes, it says, sitting there, it says, now watch what happens here. The Bible says, uh, can can, uh, uh, can, uh, for, can this, who can forgive sins uh, but God only? So uh, Jesus automatically is being criticized. He's being criticized because he said, your sins be forgiven you. But then you see uh, in verse 10, the Bible says that thou may know that uh, the Son of Man hath power on earth to forgive sins. Uh, he saith unto the sick of the palsy. He says, I say unto thee, arise, take up thy bed, and go thy way, unto the, and it says, unto thy house. So So here's what we understand. We see that he's telling him to go his way into thine house. Uh, Go ahead and go your way. Now, Jesus has the power to be able to do what Jesus wants to do. Uh, He's not limited. Uh, There's no barriers, if you will. But I want to speak this morning on barriers to blessings barriers to blessings. There are barriers, if you would please, that are set up. I remember when Katrina hit uh, down where we used to live in the Gulfport, Mississippi, Ocean Springs, Mississippi area. Uh, When Katrina hit, my family and I, I was preaching down in Phoenix, Arizona. Then I was traveling over to California to preach in several places there. I remember us staying in a person's house that allowed us to have their house for the week. And we watched on the television 
television screen uh, how Katrina was hitting her hometown and we couldn't call anybody. We could not get in contact with anybody. Uh, all my family, of course, was with me. My dear wife, the children was with me and because we were preaching in those two states and holding revival meetings. But uh, we tried to call our friends back home. Nobody would answer the phone. We tried to call those that we cared about uh, just to check on them. Uh, it was devastating news that was coming across the screen as we watched our hometown getting ready to be destroyed. But I watched the people. Uh, the people rallied together. Uh, they fixed up sandbags and they would put them as high as they possibly could, not just around their doors, but around that which is the base of their homes. Uh, they were trying to protect their homes from the surge of water that was about to hit. Uh, I watched them uh, put those barricades there, those barriers, if you would please. I, I watched them as they taped up uh, glass and they put tape across it so that uh, when the wind would hit, even though they're going to put wood planking over top, top of the windows, uh, it would help the glass not to fly into the house, but would pretty much keep it intact, though it might be completely broken. I, I watched them do that. Uh, I watched the store owners do the same thing, as they would take that shipping tape, and they would put it across the windows, and then they would uh, also put wood uh, in front of it, screwing it into the sides of the windows. Uh, I watched them. I watched our church rally after it did hit, and I watched our pastor to lead the church in our city as we had a huge gymnasium such as we do here and we used it as a place to be able to house people and uh, to house all sorts of things and uh, we uh, was able to get teams to come in from different states around the nation to help out with the devastation and uh, we uh, housed food in there and all sorts of uh, equipment to be able to meet people's needs and I, I watched that. Uh, they were barriers that was put up. Uh, can I say we have to be careful that we do not put barriers up when it comes to blessings. Uh, the story was told years ago about the dikes of uh, Holland. Uh, the story goes like this, that the dikes sprang a leak. And all of a sudden, the city was in danger. Little boy came along. It's just a story. This heroic boy took his arm and he put it in the hole. Uh, whereby uh, the water would not penetrate through the hole and he saved the entire city. Now, of course, that's uh, probably something that's impossible to do, but uh, uh, the story goes about the hero of the boy that saved the city. Why? Because he became the barrier of water. Here's my fear uh, that we become barriers of blessings, not barriers of water for good, but barriers of, of uh, if you would please, blessings that could come in our life. So how is it this morning uh, that we could get rid, if you would please, of barriers? Is there something that we could do to be able to see God do more in our lives? What are some of the barriers that we could get, uh, if you would please, out of our lives that would help us? Let me give you a couple, if I may, barriers of blessings. Statement number one, uh, a covetous spirit is a barrier uh, to blessing. A covetous spirit is a barrier to blessing. You remember the story of Achan. Achan, of course, uh, illustrating that which is the wrong type of spirit. He coveted after the things of the city of Jericho. And because of that, his covetous spirit caused the, uh, the army of Joshua uh, to be defeated. Also, if you will, it, it caused himself to face death, not just him, but the death of his family. Why? Because here was a man that coveted something that 
was not his. Now, we have to be careful that during the Christmas time and also throughout the year that we do not covet after things that are not rightfully given to us by God through others. Malachi chapter 3 and verse 8, the Bible talks about how we can have the blessings of God cut off because of that which is covetousness. We want to be careful that we do not have the blessings of God cut off. Uh, Brother Butler is going to represent the average man that's here in America, and, and he has a dollar, and Brother Bachman is going to represent that which is God, and, and God has multiple funds uh, to be able to deal with, and he has it in various currencies, uh, and of course, uh, God is the God of all the earth. The Bible says the, uh, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, but here's what happens with man. All of a sudden, man begins to get prosperous. All of a sudden, man begins to uh, gain wealth in his life. Uh, now, he doesn't have to pray as much as he used to because after all, it's good. And so uh, he begins to covet that dollar. I mean, uh, with greed and, and just he covets it and he holds it and he kisses it. And <laughs> you don't know where that dollar bill has been. And, uh, but, uh, and he holds on to it. Uh, but here God is and God says, I can give you more if you'll simply do by me. Uh, I, I can bless you if you simply do by me. But isn't it amazing how man is? Man holds on to that little bit that he has, and he says this, well, I can't afford to tithe. I can't afford to be a blessing to somebody else. I can't afford to do what is right by God. So I'm going to hold on to this one dollar, if you will, this little bit of money that I have. I'm going to hold on to it because, after all, uh, it's something I earned by the sweat of my brow. But what they miss is this. God is the one that's in control of all finances. Uh, God God is the one that's in control of all that is in the contents, if you will, please, of the entire earth. And so God is the one that can bless. Now, what if uh, man gets right with God and man comes over to God and God, if you would please, uh, standing there and God has the wealth of the world and man says, here's what I'll do. I'll give God uh, that which is rightfully his. And so he does. And then God gives back to him. You've seen the illustration. And so, uh, and it goes on just that way. Uh, and God is the one that gives prosperity to man. God is the one that blesses man. You could not be able to do what you do, have what you have, be able to go where you go without God being in control. And so God is the one that we need to be thankful for. God is the one we need to lift up our voices and praise and thank God for all that God does. Oh, you say, but God's not been so good to me. I beg a difference with you. You take the poorest person that's found living here on the soil of the United States of America and you can compare them to people that live around the world, the poorest person that lives on the soil of the United States of America is richer uh, than other people that live that would be considered having moderate wealth. Now can I tell you, uh, God's been good to us. Yeah. Now because of that, we ought not to covet. We ought to thank God for everything that God gives us. One of the ways that we do that is to be able to obey God and so we give God and as we give God, here's what God does God blesses us even more and by the way uh, God's uh, reservoir never runs out uh, you say but I tell you what if I was to take and put God first I'd be in trouble I've never heard of a person never one time have I ever heard of a person that put God first that found themselves coming up wanting and uh, lacking and in despair no it doesn't work that way uh, you do what you're supposed to do with God and God promises that he'll do what he's supposed to do 
uh, with you. Thank you. Be seated. And so there's the covetous spirit, if you would please, that's a barrier to blessing. Statement number one, there's the rebellious spirit that's a barrier to blessing. Uh, you remember the story of Jonah. Uh, Jonah uh, was called to go down to that wicked city and to preach uh, uh, against their wickedness and their sin. And uh, uh, Jonah uh, was simply told to go. And all he needed to do is obey that one word. But he came back with another word of his own and said no. And because of that, uh, that rebellious spirit that Jonah had in his life, uh, no telling how many people died during those uh, days of rebellion that Jonah had in his life. No telling how many babies died. No telling how many older people died that uh, uh, could have been saved and went to a devil's hell. But can I tell you this? That uh, he had a rebellious spirit and because he had a rebellious spirit, God could have used him but uh, God could not use him. Why? Because he put a barrier up. I've seen people do this. Uh, they get uh, uh, sideways. Oh, maybe they get sideways with the church or maybe they get sideways with somebody in the church and before you know it, uh, they're not forgiving. And uh, that unforgiving spirit turns to bitterness. And then that bitterness turns to that which is a spineless rebellion against God. Uh, there's a wall there. Uh, they never smile. They never enjoy serving. Uh, but uh, it's uh, uh, something that's rooted deep down inside. And I'm saying a rebellious spirit uh, can be a barrier uh, to blessing. Statement number next, the worldly spirit can be a barrier to blessing. You have the story of Demas. Uh, Demas, by the way, uh, served with the Apostle Paul. <laughs> I thank God for people. I, I traveled over last uh, uh, Monday, no, Tuesday. Was it Tuesday, I think? And uh, uh, I traveled over, and I preached over in Oklahoma, Cushing, Oklahoma. And Brother Yao did the driving, and John Bell went to sing. And what a blessing it was uh, to be able to travel and uh, be able to be together and to go over there to preach, just a one-day meeting. But can I tell you, uh, uh, there, was a, there was a spirit that was about these gentlemen that was a delightful spirit, much like Demas had when he started. Demas, I believe, loved to travel with Paul. Demas was uh, excited about traveling and, and charmed, if you would please, maybe by uh, the straightforward personality of Paul. Uh, he was challenged by the Word of God and excited about what God was doing as he walked beside Paul in such great joy. But then all of a sudden, they journeyed into a great city. Maybe he saw the lights. Maybe he was blinded in his heart. But the Bible says about Demas, 2 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 10, the Bible says, For Demas hath forsaken me, having loved this present world and departed unto Thessalonica. Now, so what happened? Uh, there was a day uh, when uh, he traveled beside the man of God. There was a day when he stepped out and did what he was supposed to do. But then there was a day when he said, that's it for me. I think I'll throw in the towel. I think I'll not do it no more. And uh, he just decided that he wasn't going to serve God no more. The Bible tells why. Because he loved this present world. And it's something how Paul reminds us not to be entangled again with the affairs of this world. Isn't that something? You know why? Because there is the possibility of the again. I've seen people that's been excited about God and excited about serving Christ, and all of a sudden their excitement dwanes and it begins to die. What happens is something else gets their attention. You know, we live in a world that's quite different than when it was when I came up. Uh, today there's a lot of competition 
It used to be uh, we would take and uh, mom would uh, cook the turkey and we'd get that silver foil that she put over the turkey. And, uh, and we would take that outside because we also baked potatoes in that silver foil. And uh, we'd take all that silver foil, we'd make it into a ball, and we'd go outside and we played baseball with a silver foil. You know, uh, that's back when days were simpler. That's back when, uh, 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 you know, uh, when people communicated. Uh, that's back when you spent time uh, not around the flat screen uh, watching something, but you spent time in the living room just talking about the things of God or talking about uh, the business of life or talking about uh, relatives and friends and rejoicing over what God has given you. Now, uh, uh, I'm saying this. I'm saying that we understand that uh, there is a time where the world can put a hook in us. Oh, I'm so sorry for young people. I really am. I'm so sorry that they don't have a good relationship with God whereby if they get in trouble, they've got to ask somebody else to pray because they can't pray. Whereby if they want to know what the Bible teaches, they've got to ask somebody else what the Bible teaches, though they should know themselves, but they don't know because they're not in their Bible. How sad it is in the day in which we live. But can I say, uh, a covetous spirit is a barrier to blessing. A rebellious spirit is a barrier to blessing. A worldly spirit is a barrier to blessing. A prayerless spirit, a prayerless spirit is a, a barrier to blessing. Doesn't our Bible say in James chapter 4 and verse 2, the Bible says uh, 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 you do not have, it talks about you have not because you ask not. You have not because you ask not. John Knox was a Scotsman. And John Knox was invited to some friend's house. He went in to eat. It was around the Thanksgiving time. And after a while, as uh, the people started to fellowship, they started looking for Knox. They couldn't find him nowhere. They searched high and low. They found him out in the back garden. His face was buried in the ground. He was in deep agonizing what looked like pain. They got close to him and they heard him crying out, God, uh, oh God, he said, God, give me Scotland or I die. They said that the king was afraid that when John Knox would pray, the king feared. The country was turned around because of one man's prayer. Yet the Bible teaches us that we have not because we ask not. I wonder, dear friend, and, and, and you know, it's during the Thanksgiving time and it's during the Christmas time that you can have a great influence and an impact on your relatives and friends. That there's something about this season that changes the spirit of man. I think it's because we recognize and we take time to recognize the king of kings around the world. Oh, you that live here in America, I think sometimes we don't understand you say, well, uh, in America, we celebrate that which is the birth of Christ. Oh, yeah, and they do in Japan, too. Oh, yeah, and they do in Cambodia, too. And they do, uh, they do in the Philippines, too. Uh, we're not talking about the Savior of the West. We're talking about the Savior of the world. 
uh, uh, no matter what country you go in, there's going to be Christians that know the truth of the gospel, and they're celebrating uh, the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, uh, and they take a certain time, if you would please, to be able to recognize the birth of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Can I say this, that uh, it, it is a time for you and I to be able to understand that, yes, we can pray to God, and God does hear prayer, and God does answer prayer. I don't know how many families have gone through tragedy over the past three days. I can tell you there's been a whole heap that's gone through tragedy over the past couple of days. Uh, not just from Parkside, but different preachers that's called me uh, and, and said, would you pray with me about this? Would you uh, take time to talk with me about this? Can you give me some advice on this? And, and can I tell you that uh, God still hears and God still answers prayer? I called Sharon up the other day. This is Mrs. Rook's uh, mother. She's getting ready to go in for that uh, quadruple heart bypass. And I called her up and I said, look, I know you're getting ready to uh, go into the surgery and I want to have a word of prayer with you. And then I went down yesterday and spent time with her and just prayed with her and tried to encourage her. Uh, and uh, so many different people, Renee Massey just lost her son, 34 years of age, and died uh, there in New Orleans. And, and, uh, and uh, uh, just so many people. Uh, Wayne Perkins uh, has lost an uncle and, uh, and is in bereavement. And so many different people need uh, somebody to walk beside them and to encourage them and to try and help them and to kind of strengthen them and just to let them know that, hey, uh, there's somebody out there that loves you and somebody will pray with you and somebody will walk beside you. And can I tell you, during the Christmas and during the Thanksgiving time, it could be a wonderful time to be that spiritual one that they're not used to seeing that would step inside of their life and say, hey, let's pray together. Have you ever done this? Have you ever done this? I've done this. Have you ever done this? Have you ever gone up to somebody and said, oh, I hear about it. I'll tell you what, I'll pray for you. You ever done that? And then here's what we do. We walk away and we forget five minutes after we walk away. And then you do pray for them. You keep your word. You do. About a month later. But then it might be too late. What would be wrong with going up and shaking somebody's hand and say, I'll pray with you. Matter of fact, let's do it right now. Amen. And then we pray together right then. Number, th uh, number one, that'll relieve you of the responsibility to do it later because after all, we just saw how brain dead some of us are. Number two, that's going to encourage that person because you took time right then and there to be able to pray with them about in the eye. I cannot begin to tell you how many good families in our church we have, but uh, are busy people and they travel. And uh, many times a, a family would come up to me and say, Pastor, I'm getting ready to travel to Virginia. Can you pray with us before I, we go? Preacher, we're getting ready to travel over to Pennsylvania. Can you pray with us? And we'll gather in the office there and uh, they'll have their kids in there and we pray together before they take off on their trip. You know, uh, what a wonderful blessing it is to be able to pray with people.
I'm saying this, sometimes that there is a barriers to blessings. Uh, the covetous spirit is a barrier to blessing. The rebellious spirit is a barrier to blessing. The worldly spirit can be a barrier to blessing. The prayerless spirit can be a barrier to that which is blessing. Uh, an unforgiving spirit can be a barrier to blessing. Can you imagine our Lord? Our Lord's hanging on the cross, and now uh, people are taunting him, jeering him, no doubt saying the curse words of that day to him. And yet he looks down in Luke chapter 23 and verse 34, and he says, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Can you imagine having that type of forgiving spirit? And yet in churches today across America, there's people getting mad at each other. Uh, there's people talking bad about other people that's in the same church. I mean, there's people that's causing division and strife and problems. And, uh, and what they should be doing is just having that same spirit that Jesus had. Amen. You know, Father, just forgive them. Forgive them. Uh, when somebody crosses you the wrong way, maybe you ought to utter the same thing. Father, forgive them. They just don't know what they're doing. They don't understand how it hurts so bad. So God, I'm asking you, you just forgive them. Just forgive them. Now, that's not what we want to do. What we want to do is say, come on, man, put them up. Come on, get your dukes up. If you're going to hit me, hit me good, because when I'm coming back, I'm knocking you out of your socks. That's what we want to do. But that's not the right way to respond. The right way to respond is, uh, you know, I, I was preaching over Nigeria, and uh, I, was, I was preaching there, and a, a pastor said, you know, the Muslims have really uh, killed a lot of Christians here, but we believe what that Bible verse says. Oh, what verse do you believe, I said. Oh, we believe what that Bible verse says. I said, well, tell me what verse you're talking about. He said, turn the other cheek. So when they turn our cheek, we turn the other cheek. We turn theirs. I said, no, I don't think that's what the Bible's talking about. I think what the Bible's talking about, when somebody does wrong to you, that you're supposed to take it. And if they do wrong to you again, you take it again. And if they do wrong to you again, you just take By the way, he, this will help you in your Christian life. When somebody does wrong to you, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. You say, well, they spoke mean to me. They did something mean to me. It's okay. They did more to Christ, and you're not better than he is. And he said, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. Just forgive them. You know what I've learned to do? I've learned to do this. When, when somebody does something to hurt me, here's what I do. Number one, I forgive them. Number two, I don't hold anything against them. I just don't. I just don't. And I can enjoy life. You know why? Because there's nothing on the inside of me that is going after somebody else. There's nothing there. I'm as free as a bird. I'm as happy as a lark or any other type of uh, 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 thing you want to name. I'm saying this. Uh, here Jesus is. He said, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. Just forgive them. Statement number next. Uh, uh, we can have a critical spirit. Critical spirit can be a barrier to blessing. You know, Dale Moody had a man in his church, and uh, the man came up to him one day, and he said, you made 38 grammatical errors in your sermon. And so Moody said, uh, I'm quite sure I made more than that. You probably missed a few. He said, but uh, I'm doing the best I can with the education that I have. Here's my question. Are you doing the best you can with the education you have? And he walked away. 
You know, it's quite easy when you lift yourself up on a plateau to look down on somebody else. But that's not the right way to be. The right way to be is, hey, we're going to try to help other people. A, a person that has that self-righteous, critical spirit, they have trouble thanking God for those that they think is less worthy than they are. But you ought to thank God for every single person. You ought to thank God that God has given people in your life. Don't ever develop the critical spirit. It's a barrier a blessing. Statement number next, the indifferent spirit, almost done. The indifferent spirit is a barrier to blessing. The indifferent spirit, uh, an indifferent spirit is a barrier to blessing. Uh, you'll see that here's uh, uh, Gallio. Gallio, if you would please, he was uh, the one uh, that was the chief ruler. And if, if you would, and, and now you'll see that there's beatings that's going on. And Gallio looks at it and he says uh, about the chief ruler that did get beaten. He said this, he said this. He said, uh, I cared for none of those things. And can I tell you that you and I ought not to have an indifferent spirit. We ought to care for the things of God, but we ought not to let the things of God, if you would please, be that which causes us to have an attitude about when God is good to me, he's not good to somebody else, so therefore I've got an indifferent spirit towards them because after all, God was good to me, not good to them, must be judgment in their life. Not necessarily so. You know, I've met Christians that go through uh, terrible times. I've met Christians that have uh, uh, terrible things that happen to them. Uh, give me an example. Four weeks ago, we had a, a, a family in our church, car wreck. Three weeks ago, car wreck. Two weeks ago, car wreck. Then Levi Hoff, uh, just yesterday, car wreck. So, so four weeks in a row, uh, we have people, if you would please, that have gotten into car wrecks. Now, here's the deputy of Corinth, and here he is, uh, Gallio, that deputy of Corinth. Here, all of a sudden, he's getting ready to hear, if you would please, a great man of God, the Apostle Paul. And uh, he should have been that one, if you would please, uh, that would protect his spirit. Uh, because when you protect your spirit, it causes you to be able to hear the truth. When I'm around somebody, uh, say somebody smiling, saying somebody loves God, a merry heart, do good like uh, medicine. That medicine can help me. When I walk in, man, I, I, I love the challenge, don't you? You walk into a room and nobody is smiling. They all look like a bunch of grumps. I mean, it's, it's terrible. They look like that maybe mother-in-law visited way too long. But to be able to go in, and to be able to try to give them medicine, medicine, medicine. What is that medicine? That medicine is having that merry heart. Let me give you one last thing and I'm done, and that is this. Uh, a, a disobedient spirit is a barrier to blessing. Remember King Saul? King Saul was chosen of God to do a mighty work. He let it go to his head. Then he disobeyed God and was rejected as king. You remember that? Now contrast that, if you would please, to the Apostle Paul. The Apostle Paul was willing to do anything for Christ. Now why? Uh, why was these two men so different? Because one had that disobedient spirit, and one had that obedient spirit. I, I was youth director at Hattiesburg, Mississippi, uh, for eight years under Dr. C.R. Williams. 
we saved up money and we we're going to take the kids to New York if I remember correctly and all of a sudden my pastor stepped in and my pastor said this Mike I don't want you to take them I don't want them going there I said well preacher we've saved up all this money and and you know they've had fun, like we do here fundraiser after fundraiser after fundraiser and I said so why he said uh, I can't explain it he said I just don't want them going I said, okay, yes, sir. And uh, he said, we'll use the money for this. And I had to get with those parents, and I had to say, look, you know, uh, a preacher has a warning in his heart, uh, you know, that he doesn't want us to go, and, and he's, he's, he's been right uh, so many times. And, and so uh, here's what we're going to do. We're going to uh, do what preacher says, and we'll take another trip someplace else or whatever. And, and by, I think the kids here, going this year, right, New York, Okay, I don't have a sign from God, so don't worry about that, okay? But, uh, but, but I remember trying to step in and trying to explain to our kids, we had 15 kids that was going to go. They'd already raised the money. We did junior and senior trip uh, every year. And, and so, but I remember trying to step in and trying to explain that. Now, can I tell you, uh, there was some things that was happening that I didn't even know about, and I was from the area, that, uh, that he was protecting us from. Never will forget, I was over in... Uh, over in the Philippines. I really had a burden to go over to Kagien. Um, and uh, and um, all of a sudden, the embassy contacted me and said, you know, we, we heard that you're going to go over to that area there. And said, you know, of course, it was outside of Kagien. It was up in the mountains. And, and, but we suggest that you don't go. And then they said this, if you do go, you go at your own risk. And so I turned to my team and I said, look, we got a conference. They got the singers. I said, but I don't want to, I'm not a lone ranger. I don't want to make this decision by myself. So let's decide together. Should we go or should we not go? The embassy called. This is what they said. And here's what the men said. Pastor, I think if you want to go, you should go. But we're all staying here. <laughs> I, I didn't go. We moved it to a different time. Now, can I tell you, here's what God does. God will allow us to be able to help people. And God will show us how to help people. But let's not be those that are unwise and put up barriers whereby we, can, we had a greater meeting, I think, where we stayed because we put together a meeting than if we would have went there and a couple of guys might have wound up dead or whatever, I don't know. And, and so, but what I'm saying is be careful that you don't put the barriers up whereby that you do not let God guide you and God help you in the areas that he wants to help you most. Watch this. I was preaching a, a teen camp. I'm done. I was preaching a teen camp up in North Carolina. Girl sat on the second row to my right. Every night I would preach, she'd grab that pew. I never saw it before. She'd grab that pew, and she'd hold on so tight. Never saw this before. Hold on so tight. Her knuckles were turning white. She's mad. She's upset. Holding on real tight. And so I'd give the invitation. She wouldn't come because she wouldn't come. The entire row wouldn't come. None of the kids behind her would come. Nothing was happening. So I got the counselor. I said, we need to pray. Uh, let's fast a couple of days. Let's pray. God's got to get a hold of her heart. She's a ringleader. So God's got to get a hold of her heart in order to penetrate to the rest of the kids. We got to pray. 
So we begin to pray and fast. And as we begin to pray and fast, all of a sudden the next night, she didn't grab the pew. All of a sudden the next night, first one at the altar was the hard-hearted girl. Then after her, another one came, and another one came, and another one came. The invitation lasted till after 1 a.m. in the morning with kids getting saved all over that campus. You know why? Because she took down the barrier. You'd be amazed what God can do when we take down the barriers. Father bless, we pray, help us. Thank you for joining us today. For more audio or video content, you can visit our website at parksidebaptist.org.